0: from Partick Free Church of Scotland, continuing. Uh, Local congregation, we ministered at two Thornwood Terrace. If you go up Dumbarton Road, and when you come to the police station, you'll see a junction there opposite the police station. If you go up the hill, you will come to Thornwood Primary School. And then we're next door at the Crossroads. Please feel free to come along any Lord's Day. That's Sunday, the first day of the week. Um, we meet at 11 a.m. And then we meet in the early evening <coughs> at <coughs> 6 p.m. And we also have a, a midweek meeting on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. And we would extend a, <coughs> a warm welcome to you. come along to any of these meetings where you might hear something more. Now we come out, friends, because we'll be frank and honest here. We go out because you don't come in. And churches are largely empty today. And instead of people going to hear a Christian Service and where they might hear the gospel. What do we find most people doing on a a Lord's day and Sunday? Well, we find them shopping, we find them at the garden centers, we find them at the football terraces or other sporting events, we find them in the bars and in the clubs, and we find them engaged in all kinds of activities with a large proportion of people in Scotland and in the UK, never enter into a a place of worship where they might hear the good news of the Christian gospel. Well, friends, it's incumbent upon us to reach out, therefore, to people who don't go because the message that we have to proclaim is for everyone everyone it's not just a message for the middle class or the working class or the upper class it's not just a message for UK citizens it's a message for all why is that so well we've all come from Adam and Eve We have one common set of parents. The whole of mankind has come from this pair. And this pair were created perfectly. Adam was taken from the dust. And God breathed life into him. And he became a living soul. And from Adam, he created Eve. The first man and the first woman. God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness, with dominion over the creatures. And therefore we have one common set of parents. And our first parents, who were created perfectly, they sinned. Eve was tempted by the evil one. She succumbed to temptation and she gave the forbidden fruit to her husband. And he disobeyed that clear and simple command that God had given to him. Now you might think, well, that's not really a great deal. But I would say it is, and so would the Bible. Because what happened there is, They rebelled. They sided with God's arch-enemy. They committed high treason of the highest kind. They rebelled against their Creator who provided everything for them. The world, in one sense, was created for them. And they were in the Garden of Eden. And everything was laid on for them. They had nothing to worry about but they disobeyed and they showed that they did not really love the Lord their God as they should have and God was simply testing them and they failed the test well their behaviour has affected us because when they sinned they became sinners and had a sinful nature and this nature has passed on to us all the way from Adam and Eve And that's why, friends, we need a saviour, because we're sinners by nature and sinners by practice. One day, if this situation is not resolved, one day you'll stand before God, and you'll give account. You'll give account of your words, of your thoughts, and of your deeds. And friends, if you don't have a saviour that day, what an awesome end you'll have. And therefore, this is why we come out. Because there is another way. There is a way to be reconciled. There is a way whereby all your sins can be forgiven. There is a way whereby you can be reconciled to God. You can have a wonderful, glorious relationship with your Creator God. But it's only through the Gospel. It's only through believing and receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is no other way. Now you won't find this message in the street or the pubs You won't find it in the football terraces. You won't find it in your shops or your offices. You'll only find it in the Bible. You see, God has provided a way whereby we can be reconciled. Now this might strike you as being strange because the view you have of God is that He's angry, that He's out to sort you out that you want to hide from him. But you know what the Bible says about our God? Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. That's the God of the Bible. That's the Christian God. He delights in mercy. But He can only show mercy in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Christ is God's answer to our great plight. Christ has dealt with our sin. He has come down from heaven He has suffered and died, not for his own sin, because he knew no sin. He suffered in the room and place of others. It was all part of God's plan. God punished him as our substitute. And what's required of us? What is our part? We are required to believe upon him. We are required to receive him. We are required to repent and to believe the good news of the Gospel. So this is the God of the Bible. He delights in mercy. And He shows this mercy to mankind in and through His Son, the Redeemer, the Son of God, who became the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ the Lion from the tribe of Judah, that glorious individual, that one who became man and lived a perfect life in our room and in our place. And the Lord shows mercy to those who receive Him. And this is why we come out this afternoon to tell you this good news. Paul talks about this in Romans, in Romans chapter 10, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's Paul telling us a wonderful truth of the gospel, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? He asks a number of questions. How can they possibly call upon the name of the Lord if they've never heard about the Lord? And why should they call upon the Lord if they have no need to call upon the Lord, and how will they hear unless someone tells them? How will they hear unless God sends a preacher? Well, this is what a preacher is all about, friends. He's first and foremost. He's got to tell you your great need of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is truly our our great problem that we have in modern mankind today. We don't see our need. We think, for instance, that Christianity, the Bible, is out of date, and we have no need for the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, nothing could be so far from the truth. We need the Lord Jesus Christ, because he's the only one that can save us. Now you might well say, what do I need to be saved from? I have everything this world can give me. I have a home. I have a wife or a husband. I have family, I have a good bank balance, I have a good job, I have everything that I could possibly want in this world. Well, that may be so, but one day you're going to leave this world, and one day you're going to leave everything you have behind. You're going to leave everything, all of it. And how will you fear that day when you meet God, when you have an audience with God? for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done whether it be good or bad and the apostle paul goes on to say therefore therefore knowing the terror of the lord we persuade men paul is out preaching the gospel whenever he can get opportunity to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ, about the Saviour who can save them on that great and terrible day that's coming upon us all. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done. We must all appear, every one of us. We might not want to. Here we are in Glasgow and Buchanan Street on a Friday afternoon and we don't want to think about it, but... The preacher must press this point upon you because you're going to stand before God. You're going to give account for your sins. And friends, if that be so, and of course it is, then surely you can see you're going to need a Savior because it is true, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's why the Bible says, there is none righteous No, not one. Old or young, male or female, light-skinned or dark-skinned, educated or uneducated, rich or poor, we all have this in common. There is none righteous. No, not one. But here is the good news of the gospel. This is why we come out. This is why we come out. Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. That's the God of the Bible. He delights in mercy and He has shown it. He has demonstrated it for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God has demonstrated His love towards sinful mankind when He sent His only begotten Son, in order that he would suffer, but more than that, in order that he might die in the room and in the place of sinners. We're here from Partick, Free Church of Scotland continuing, a local congregation. We're going to take a short break, but may the Lord be pleased to bless his word to you this afternoon afternoon. We're here from Partick, Free Church of Scotland, continuing with a local congregation, a Scottish registered charity, and we meet at Two Thornwood Terrace at Dumbarton Road. You'll come to the police station, opposite the police station. There's a junction there, go up the hill. You'll come to Thornwood Primary School, and you will then meet our building next door at the crossroads. We extend a warm welcome to you. Come along anytime. We meet at the first day of the week, Sunday at 11 a.m. And we also have a early evening meeting at 6 p.m. And we also meet on Wednesday at 7.30. You'll be welcome to any of these meetings. And maybe you'll be ones who have not gone to a place of worship for some time and maybe it's you've got out of habit and maybe you're a bit apprehensive about going to a new place strange people whatever well please feel free to come along anytime you will be made most welcome and there's no obligation perhaps you're an individual who doesn't have a Bible And it's quite difficult to get a Bible here in Glasgow, would you believe? But if you want a Bible, then please make yourself known, and we will endeavor to give you a a copy for yourself. We're out here, friends, in order that we might bring the good news of the gospel to you. What is the gospel? Well, today people really don't know much about the gospel. Well, the gospel, this is a faithful saying... And worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There, friends, we would say that we have the gospel in a, a line or two that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Who is Christ Jesus? Well, Christ Jesus is the Son of God. In Christianity, in our theology, we have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, the same in substance, equal in power and in glory. And from all eternity it was determined that the Son of God would come down to this world and become the Son of Man. He, what does that mean? Well, he would take upon himself our form and our nature, he would become just like us. And he would live in this world. And he did. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That's what happened, friends. At the time appointed from all eternity, the Son of God became the Son of Man. He was miraculously conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by an act of the Holy Spirit that none of us can explain nor understand. But the reality is all before us because he lived a perfect life like no other individual has ever lived. And he could only do this because he knew no sin. He was not tainted by original sin. You see, every one of us We come out of the womb and we're sinners. Why is that? Because we have been conceived in sin. And therefore, our lives, our actions are sinful. But the good news of the Christian gospel is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And friends... We need to realize and we need to accept the Bible's word for us. God tells us in His word that we are sinners. We don't like to be reminded about it. We don't like to be confronted with the truth, but it is the truth. That's why the Bible tells us, you'll find it in Romans chapter 3 and at verse 23... For there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. God is a glorious God, a God who cannot sin and who hates sin. And we've all come short of that glory. Originally, our first parents were perfect. God created man, male and female, after his own image, in knowledge, righteousness, and holiness with dominion over the creatures. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, were created perfectly, but they sinned. And because we've all come from Adam and Eve, we have inherited their sinful nature. And therefore, God finds a fault with us, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But, friends, in the gospel, in what God has done through the Lord Jesus Christ, there is hope, there is a way of escape, there is a way to be reconciled. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. That's what the prophet Isaiah says, and that is a gospel invitation for us to come to avail ourselves of the salvation and the freedom that's found in Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He didn't come into the world to save righteous people. Why is why is that? God is when they and... Oh no, if God, God is real and people die because of sin, sir, that's why they die. There will be no death if there was no sin. But one day, friends, death itself will be, will be dead. There'll be no more death one day. That's the great day that's coming. And that's the day that we must be prepared for. But today, friends, we live where death is all around us. And why is that so? Well, it's there because of sin. But Jesus Christ has come in order to deal with this great problem. That Christ Jesus come into the world to save sinners. Now, friends, here is our problem. Do we realize our great need? You know, as far as the world is concerned, we might be well-behaving citizens. In fact, we might be model citizens. And we might not need to f- fear about the police coming to the door to arrest us for some matter. Or we don't need to worry about going to a court and standing trial for some matter. No, we don't have to worry about the law of the land catching up with us because as far as the law of the land is concerned, we are innocent. But what about the law of God? What about God's law? God has given us a law, has he not? Yes. God's law is the Ten Commandments. These commandments are written in your heart or on your heart, by nature. We might say in modern words, it's part of our DNA. It's p- part of our, the DNA of every single one of us. It's part of being human. We have the law of God written in our hearts. But because of sin, that law is defaced. It's scarred. It's out of focus. It's blurred. It's not as clear as it should be. That's why God has given His law to us in His Word. You'll find it in Exodus 20, the Ten Commandments. It begins, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, friends, there's the first commandment. How do we square up to the first commandment? Can we say that we have no other gods before God? The likelihood is that we ourselves are gods. We consider ourselves to be gods. We're more concerned about ourselves than we are about anything else. A God is something that takes a place of the one true and the living God. And we are so wrapped up in our own lives what concerns us, what pleases us these are the things that take up our time and all our effort and all our energy. It's looking after self. Jesus said When he summed up the Ten Commandments, Thou art to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength, and thy neighbour as thyself. If we were truly to believe or obey the Ten Commandments, then we would love God and we would love our neighbour. But the fact is, friends, we love ourselves first. We put ourselves and our own pleasures, our own lusts before everything else. And therefore, we ourselves are our gods. And we've broken, therefore, the first commandment. And if we've broken the first commandment, then we we have broken all the commandments. And that's why we are guilty before God. That's why the Bible says, there is none righteous. That means that none can stand before God by themselves because they will be condemned to stand before god means means that we are righteous but we're not righteous we cannot stand before god the only way that we can stand before god is to have the righteousness of christ and how do we obtain that the only way friend is to call upon Him, is to have Him as Lord and Savior. You see what happens when you believe upon the Lord Jesus? He was delivered for our offenses and raised to life for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, when you believe upon Jesus in a saving manner, when you believe upon Jesus in accordance with the Word of God, what happens? Well, your sins are forgiven. That is absolutely tremendous. What a wonderful blessing to have your sins forgiven. You could go to a place of worship. You could go to confession. You could go anywhere else in the world and you will never have your sins forgiven. The only way that you can have your sins forgiven is to go to the Lord Jesus Christ. No one else can forgive your sins. No religion, no religious activity, nothing. Nothing but the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we come out, friends, to tell you the truth as it is in Jesus, that you might have your sins forgiven. And it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Himself did say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. That's the only way to be safe in eternity. That's the only way to be reconciled to God. That's the only way to have a wonderful relationship with God. Thank you, madam. That's a wonderful move. A wonderful move there. Shows that she's listening to the gospel. Shows that she recognizes that she's a sinner and she needs a savior. Well, we're glad to tell her and to tell all others that there's a way to be saved and that way is to be found in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And friends, we have a great encouragement to go to the Lord Jesus. Oh yes, sir, we do. What is that encouragement? Well, Paul says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. Of whom I am the chief. He would call himself The chief of sinners. The Apostle Paul, that wonderful Christian. Yet, he would call himself the chief of sinners. Well, friends, is that not an encouragement, therefore, for us? Our lives may be full of sin. And indeed, they will be. But we have a wonderful encouragement here. To go and to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the apostle says that he's the chief of sinners and that he has been saved. And therefore, if the chief of sinners has been saved, then surely you can be saved. What must you do to be saved then? You must call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where does it say that? Where does it say? Oh, does it? Would you like to find it for me, sir? I've got a Bible here, sir. Would you like to find it for me? It also says to go out in the highways and the byways and to compel them to come in to that. Yes, it does. You will know, friends, that you can basically make the Bible say anything you want. The Bible does say there is no God. You can find that in Psalm 14. The Bible says there is no God, but it also says afterwards, the fool, or before it, the fool in his heart has said there is no God. So you can distort the Word of God. It's very easy to do. It. You must take the whole of the Word of God, and the Word of God will give us a a license and it give us an encouragement to go out into the highways and to the byways and to tell people about the unsearchable riches of Christ and to tell people to come and to put their faith and their hope upon Him. And how will they ever do this unless they hear about Him? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, why would anyone call upon the name of the Lord if they, have, if they have never heard about Him. Why would they do that? They must hear about Him before they can do anything. Surely that they must hear about the Son of God. They must hear about Him and they must recognize their plight and their need. How can they possibly find that out unless there's a preacher who will go out and tell them, tell them the truth as it is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what we seek to do. To tell people the truth as it is in Jesus. That they might put their faith and their hope and their trust upon him. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. That Christ Jesus come into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. all goes on on another occasion to say about the day of judgment. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. Here the Apostle Paul is telling us that there's going to be a day of judgment. And that judge has been appointed. Who is that judge? Well, that judge is the Lord Jesus Christ. And what's more, that judge is the one who suffered and who died. The one who was raised again to life. You see, friends, we are telling you to put your faith and your hope and your trust upon one who is alive, and alive forevermore. That's the Son of God. By that man whom he hath ordained, wherefore he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. So then, Every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us, young or old, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Here we have an exhortation to the young. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Good days they are of youth, happy days, but they'll soon change. The days of youth will give way to middle age, to old age, and then what? Into eternity. Now, friends, is the time to call upon the name of the Lord. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Are you ready to give an account? Are you ready for that day when you'll pass into eternity? when you will have an audience with God, are you truly ready for that day? How can you be ready? The only way to get ready, friends, is to have a Savior. And this is what the Savior says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. There, friends, the Lord Jesus Christ is talking to a church, to a lukewarm church. But surely the application is appropriate for us all. I stand at the door and knock. Friends, is the Lord Jesus Christ, by His Word, knocking at the heart, or knocking at the door of your heart? Is your conscience being stirred? If any man hear my voice, has your conscience been troubled? Are you fearful for eternity? Are you worried where you will go? I will come in to him. There, the Lord Jesus Christ will receive. He will come in. He will come into your life. How can he possibly come in? Friends, you've got to call upon him. You've got to trust him. You've got to believe upon him. But, like, the, the Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. There's another wonderful invitation from the prophet Isaiah, from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. What's he talking about there? Well, he's talking about repentance. That's what he's talking about. Repentance, turning away from our sins. That's what is required of us. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Hello, sir. There is a way. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Friends, you might have a way. There's only one way to be saved. There's only one way to be reconciled to God. And that way is the gospel way. That way is the way that God himself has provided through his Son. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goeth to the Father but by me. That's the way, that's the gospel way, that's God's way, the way that he himself has provided for us. And that's remarkable when we think of it because, God, because we are the ones who have offended God by our behavior. But God in his infinite grace and mercy has provided a way out, a way of escape, A way of reconciliation, a way whereby all our sins will be forgiven, and we will have that gift of eternal life. And friends, we would urge you to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today, because life is short, life can be very brief, there's very few things that are certain in this world, One of them is death. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. And the Bible will teach us to number our days and to make use of our days and to be found in Christ. And we must therefore seek him while he may be found, because we do not know when we shall be ushered into eternity. And therefore... We are to avail ourselves of the gospel right here and now. For today is the day of salvation. We are reminded in God's word. Today is the day of salvation. Behold now is the accepted time. Behold now is the day of salvation. We're here from Partick Free Church of Scotland continuing. We're going to draw our time to a close. It's been good to be with you. And we do pray and hope that the Lord will bless his word to you this afternoon.